0: In a world where two men with nothing better to do start a podcast. Discussing the pop topics of today, tomorrow, but mostly yesterday. Pop 5 Podcast is brought to you by Fear the Gaming Dead and Groovy Dude. And this time... They made so, business. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Pop Five Podcast. I am Groovy Dude.
1: I am Fear of the Gaming Dead.
0: We are here again this week to discuss our top five worst movie remakes slash reboots. Fresh off of our conversation of best movie remake slash reboots. We decided to flip the coin this week.
1: Much Be harder sure. list.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Be sure to let us know what you think, as well as your lists, and also go ahead and give us a like and a follow, wherever it is that you are hearing or watching us, and uh, let's go ahead and jump right into our sports talk of the week.
1: We'll
0: find a nice little sting to put in there.
1: See, I I gotta gotta start looking up more on sports. I know mostly about Madden and...
0: That's fine. Hey, Madden Sports. Tell us about tell us about Madden. What's going on there?
1: Mostly fantasy drafts and online franchise modes with friends and dominating. Pure dominating. Oh, what's your record? Three and to start.
0: Who's your quarterback? What's your team like? Tell us. <laughs> tell us about your team.
1: Our quarterback is Deshaun Watson, <laughs> DK Metcalf. Justin Jeffries, Damian Waller, Kareem Hunt, Tarek Cohen. I mean, this this is pretty stacked. Yeah, it's the defense that's more. I got some veterans in there, but I got to find replacements quick. And then I got other. That's all right. Defense probably won't survive a year or two. I got to make some draft moves.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, over over to the real world, we've got the... uh... The Red Sox leading the, the MLB, actually. They were the first team to 20 wins this last weekend. They have a 22-13 and 13 record. Uh, they have a three-and-a-half game lead over the Yankees and Tampa Bay. They did lose tonight, so they had won four in a row, but they did lose to Baltimore. They had to give them one. It was a four-game series. It was a, it was a gentleman's sweep. They gave them one.
1: It's it's hard to take four games in a row. Exactly. It's even, nice Baltimore, that even
0: Baltimore. Uh the Bruins, they just they did win tonight in overtime. Taylor Hall with a nice. Oh, what a what a nice goal that was to win the game. Uh Quinching the third seed. Clinched the third seed. They have the playoffs all locked up, and they will be they will be facing the Washington Capitals in the uh, the first round of the of the playoffs. And that is a big deal because Zidano Chara, former captain of the Bruins for how many years? 14, 13 years, 14 years.
1: See, this is one of those things that I, I'm not a big believer in the divine, but it, it always seems to be fate. Cause this ha- this happens a lot in sports.
0: Thing, it just had to happen. <laughs> And the, the Bruins have had trouble with Washington in the playoffs before. Uh, it seems that Ovechkin always goes off on them. But um,
1: Ovechkin goes off on everybody.
0: I know. he's. I mean, he's my favorite
1: uh, non-Bruins <clears throat> player of this, like, pretty much
0: of all time almost. He, he's incredible. He's one of the – probably the top goal scorer
1: of our generation. I was like Jonathan Quick. Well, that's a goalie. Kind of a goalie as a favorite player.
0: Well, I was just talking about goal scorers, and you mentioned Jonathan Quick.
1: Jonathan Quick would shut anybody down. No matter if you can he'd shut down.
0: (laughs) Actually, speaking of Jonathan Quick, I got to see him when he was playing for the Monarchs. It was a playoff game. It was actually it was Quick versus Tuca in the playoffs. It was amazing because it was Providence versus Manchester and Manchester had been the uh, AHL affiliate of the LA Kings, and it was a playoff matchup. Of course, that night I had been rooting for Manchester, so I was upset when Providence eventually won. But being a yeah. Bruins fan, I am happier that Tuca did get that win. It was it was incredible. It was overtime in the playoffs, and just disgraceful.
1: Being, being from Southern New England, I. I... Plus I uh, like the Providence one. <laughs>
0: well, yeah, that makes sense. But I, I was there with with someone who was dating somebody on the team. So I like couldn't really go against them at that time either. <laughs> <laughs> uh so the Celtics, bad news, bad news on on their part. They they're 35 and 33. They're the seven seed. So they're likely going to be playing in the play-in tournament to get in the playoffs, but they did just lose Jalen Brown for the season. He tore a ligament in his wrist this, this weekend and he had surgery today
1: out for the rest of the season. So really tough blow. That tends to happen, man. Yeah. See if the team can pull together, maybe win it better story that way.
0: All right. Well, that's all I've got for sports for this week. What, uh, let's say we move on to the next, uh, next portion of this, of this, uh, show in other news. What do you got? What do you got? Ah, uh, give me something. Once, I'll
1: give you something. I once again will speak of AEW, the greatest wrestling program there is right now. on You can television. bring this up in sports, you know. I mean, I can, but I mean, it, I mean, it's more entertaining. Bring it up in honestly. sports. Bring it up in sports next time. In sports, well, let's just say the WWE, who is very much gone with the PG, for you older fans there, on a regular night on cable, they had a blood and guts match, two rings side by side, covered by a hell on the cell cage. It became a bloodbath very quick which ended in Chris Jericho being thrown off the top of the cage and through the entrance ramp. It it becomes a beatdown after a while, but it was a hell of a match. And then they're also setting up Orange Cassidy versus Kenny Omega. Orange Cassidy, known for wrestling with his hands in his pockets and often kicking the crap out of people while doing so. Definitely somebody to watch. What you got?
0: Yeah, I just saw a video of him for the first time and it was crazy to see him go
1: <laughs> the the fact crowd that he can, loves him oh yeah dude the fact that he can do the friggin you know he flips the guy over without even taking his hands out of his pockets mm-hmm. oh i love him uh,
0: <laughs> so no this week we had a very controversial uh get the host of uh snl elon musk of course uh tesla ceo founder spacex all that jazz who for a while there i thought or lex Luthor.
1: yeah for a while (laughs) there i thought
0: was our iron or tony stark but yeah i'm not so sure about that uh the episode though really was not great really really mediocre he was he was very awkward uh not very funny moved around a lot in front of the camera i mean he did he does have Asperger's. He did say that in the opening, uh, opening monologue. But I don't know. So does Dan Aykroyd, and he's funny. So I don't know.
1: Yeah, it was his first appearance. I mean, yeah, might have been his first time on stage outside of you know. Miley speaking. Cyrus,
0: though, she was the musical guest, and she is incredible. Oh, I, I, I love the way her voice has matured, and
1: it's really.
0: I, I love the the raspiness of it, the, the old style, old soul in her voice.
1: I'm sure, she was on this last season of Mass Singer. I haven't finished it yet, but I am uh, almost a hundred percent certain. I don't know. So sure. Uh, so sir, should we talk about Invincible? Yes, yes, yes. We didn't do this last week because did you did not. Need- I actually
0: have. I've got a above me right there.
1: Yeah, we I mean it's been a week. If you haven't watched it, spoilers coming up. Just skip ahead. We'll give you we'll we'll give you some sort of sign. Right. We'll, do, <laughs>
0: we'll give you 10 seconds to get away now. Ready? 10 just go. Go. Yeah, yeah. Get out. Get out. Come, come, What's back, happening and, now? come back. Let's in go. 90 seconds.
1: Bing, bing, bing. What a finale.
0: Right? That that subway scene that subway Uh, scene will go down in history as one of the greatest animation scenes of all time
1: and also one of the most fucked up moments i think in television i mean whoever thought that right brilliant thought because that is very dark comics no that wasn't no there there are a lot of things in the the comics but that was not (laughs) that would be hard to put into the comics but my god did they who they did not hold back in that fight they showed you what would happen if two superheroes fought in the fought in a major city yeah out on a mountain and the the heart that they showed
0: of of mark just trying to save the the mother and daughter that were in that apartment building because how many times in movies do you see the buildings just topple over and it's like, Oh, how many people were killed in that? And you don't really see them. So you don't have that connection, but they actually brought you inside and had that connection and he wasn't able to save them.
1: Well, the thing is like, that's most superhero movies skip over that. Cause they don't show you anybody in the building unless those people are going to be rescued. And well, I mean, outside of maybe the occasional one or two that might fall while they attempt to rescue them. But, yeah, they they very much skip over that if you really want to dive into the realism. And Kirkman has never been afraid to (laughs) make something real. And
0: the the voice acting in
1: it is just perfect.
0: Everybody is perfect.
1: Um, And we're going to get a lot more of Seth Rogen next season, and I cannot... Wait, wait to see what is going to happen yep. yep. all right will omni-man return and when will he kill him this time
0: now for those who have read the comics i i just can't wait for the viltrumite war uh, that is going to be something to see
1: all right well let's go I have... ahead
0: i uh, move on so we were uh a lot of people were kind of living in fear for the last couple of weeks with the uh the Chinese rocket that was falling to earth and nobody really knew where it was going to land. I mean, 70% of the earth is, is water and another like, I don't know, 20% of the land or something is, or 60% of the land is unoccupied. So chances are it wasn't going to hurt or land on anybody, but you didn't know. <laughs> you didn't know it could well, have fallen anywhere.
1: It's a scary part, man. I mean, with how, how that was coming down until they knew where it was you can't exactly tell a place to evacuate and by the time they know it's coming down it right. might be a little late exactly
0: they <laughs> wound up crashing in the indian ocean nobody was hurt
1: so i gotta say though if you're gonna land in any ocean that's got a lot of stuff around it there's either that or the mediterranean that's...
0: Mm-hmm. well the Mediterranean's <laughs> on an ocean. Yeah.
1: Ah, true, see, but any big body of water. I mean, Indian Ocean is kind of relatively small, We're yes, a little more is. worried. <laughs> yeah, they've seen enough devastation recently.
0: Uh, speaking of rockets, though, there is another rocket that's been scheduled to launch since Saturday. Uh, just keeps getting delayed there's high winds in the upper atmosphere. It's supposed to go off at eight again today and didn't. It's it's being launched out of Virginia, it's supposed to be visible all along the eastern seaboard. They're releasing vapors. So
1: now, now people thought this rocket was meant to intercept the falling Chinese rocket. Well, no, I brought that, preventing up. it from hitting something. <laughs> I mentioned that nobody else brought that up. I've seen that theory everywhere, man. What? Come on, dude. Americans are friggin' uh, uh, what? What's the term? Paranoid. I don't know. <laughs>
0: you have anything else before we get into our topic of the week?
1: Oh, hell yes. I have two more things. The battle between Trevor Noah and Ted Cruz continues on. Ted Cruz, the beloved Texan from Canada, took aim at Noah this week, claiming the Canadian is beginning to look like Glenn Close from Fatal Attraction. Seeking to end the feud, Noah responded by asking Cruz, what was the best way to end the feud? By insulting his wife or his father? I would suggest doing both. As we all know, former President Trump found insulting both Cruz's wife and father to be a great way to rein in the wily Texas senator. I don't know about you, but if I was Mr. Cruz, my wife would have had me sleeping on the couch till I grow a backbone. And do love Plus. Trevor Noah. <laughs> oh, he's brilliant, man. I love The Daily Show. <clears throat> and my last bit here. The d Tip of the week. DMs. Are you tired of dealing with murder hobos? I know I am. Which is why I decided to include a monster from one of my favorite TV shows in my last session. A weeping angel. Those of you who are familiar with Doctor Who should know this creature well. And those of you who haven't heard should look him up. Fan or not. It'll put the fear of God into those murder hobos before you TPK their asses. My D and D tip of the week.
0: Well, I appreciate that tip. What you that in mind. Oh, see, quite I useful. My
1: DM guide back there, so I'll take that note. Oh, D and D tomorrow. D and D tomorrow. Need to play. Need to play. Been too long. Been too long. It's been like four days. Need to play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Need to fly right. up and punch something in the face again.
0: That we did not kill.
1: Anyway. Hey, I'm a peaceful flying monk that punches shit in the face.
0: Our <laughs> topic of the week. Our top five worst movie reboot slash remakes of all time. Now, this was actually a bit tougher for me. Uh, Who claims he doesn't
1: see bad movies. <laughs> I do not
0: seek out bad movies. So. But
1: how do you not just come across them accidentally? It happens to me well, all the time. Well, some of them, yes, that's
0: That's what these are. Some of them were bad i did not i expected more out of them and that's just generally what happens if i know something is going to be bad yeah i'm probably not going to see it so a lot of the things that are on your list i don't have on mine
1: um and two yeah those
0: were good <laughs> why don't uh aren't you lead it off this week we'll uh
1: we'll go ahead and get your number five my number five is the 2019 live action lion king <laughs> this movie may have had an all-star cast which i mean it, it truly did um but the, i mean the the problem is didn't just cat it just doesn't capture the magic of the original film the 1994 version i mean honestly i also the 1994 version is just better in a lot of ways and to bring it back to the idea that they call this movie live action is just uh, Ridiculous! Okay. Yeah. Ridiculous! It's it's just better CGI. It's better animation. Mm-hmm. This movie was pitched as live action, and I had so many parents at the theater going, "There isn't a single real person in that movie."
0: Well, obviously, <laughs> there aren't going to they aren't going to have live line any. But my
1: anyway. biggest my biggest complaint about this movie and I, the biggest difference between it and the original, which makes all the difference, is the original. You can see emotion in. The animals' faces, the animation—they put that in there. All the ones in the new one, they just—they maintain the animal face. Well, speaking, there's there's none of that real shock emotional. Like, animation should overdo it a little bit. It should be like stage acting sometimes. Yeah, you can't true. always be too serious about it unless you're doing something like you know Jungle Book. You know. but if you're aiming for a kids movie, you, you didn't do it right.
0: Yeah, if you're five. That's, that's a good point. All right. Well, uh, my number five is pretty much uh, universally hailed as as just being awful. This is the uh, 2005 uh, film with uh, Will Ferrell, Nicole Kidman. This, of course, is Bewitched.
1: Wife wanted this one on my list.
0: (laughs) Yeah, this was this is directed by Nora Ephron, a rare swing and a miss. Uh, This also has Steve Carell in it. Stephen Colbert. Uh, Michael Caine it, it's, it's got a great cast yeah Jason Schwartzman is in it and uh but no it just does not capture anything from the original Bewitched it
1: the tv show you can develop so much more over the span of seasons than you can try to capture well, in a movie
0: well definitely that, that's completely understandable but there's just there's no chemistry between Farrell and Kidman and and I'm a big Will Farrell fan like it, it, you'll be hard pressed to find a bigger Will Farrell fan than me but the two of them just did not work together I did not believe them as a couple which which is too bad and it has nothing to do with
1: looks or anything like that uh but as Joey just, from friends would say if there's no chemistry it must means they slept together
0: no, well, yeah,
1: <laughs> about that. A, according to but, him. That's what breaks the chemistry.
0: Uh huh. Well, we know <laughs> so how he's how never intelligent. He
1: is. Well, he said that's why he's never had chemistry with anyone on stage.
0: Again, we know how intelligent he is. So anything. Anyway, this had a uh, this had an estimated budget of eighty-five million. It made back uh, twenty million its first weekend. In June uh, of June of two thousand and five. That that is like smack in the middle of blockbuster season. Like you should be. That's when all the big things are coming out. Middle of June, middle of summer. That is
1: also when you can get hammered down if you are not marketed enough. I have seen that a lot. Oh yeah,
0: well, it wound up grossing sixty three million in the U.S., but worldwide, one hundred and thirty one million. It. it People around the world seem to like it. So they, I guess they're bewitched fans. So, I mean, it made its money back and and then some, which is a bit
1: surprising to me. Dude, China has become a huge market. They're probably loving seeing kind of this older stuff that yeah that they, didn't they, they probably before. don't come. Yeah, they also probably don't come across too often. Right. All right.
0: So, I'll go I mean, ahead and, and bring up my number four.
1: But believe my me, I thank that market. One of the biggest rooms for Pacific, Pacific Room 2. Sorry.
0: Right. Oh,
1: yeah. No, that's understandable.
0: But no, uh, my number four is, is mine is a 2019 Disney live-action remake, but I went with Aladdin. Now, this one, Aladdin was my favorite uh, Disney movie growing up. Uh, the, the, the genie, Robin Williams, is perfection.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry. When they when they announced that they were doing a live action in mean, this movie, Robin Williams wasn't around. Don't get me wrong. I nope. love
0: Will Smith. I love Will Smith. He's a great actor. He's a he's a great singer. He's a great guy. I wanted him to be great in this.
1: He Thing just is though, didn't hit the mark. But at least tried to change up the genie's role enough to be more fitting towards him. They didn't try to make him be no. Robin Williams. No, they didn't. just they- it just adds to another change, though, from the film's dynamic.
0: Right, they did change it a bit. They tried to make it more for him, but it just was—it was a swing and a miss for me. I know a lot of people liked it.
1: But... Well, they—they they definitely added in some stuff that obviously was missing from the last one. A bit of woman empowerment, less—you know—less oh, of extra yeah. actually... damsel in distress. But there, there were definitely parts where they could have gone about it better, and obviously there were it didn't go to as dark of a place, but I'll get into later the difference between like ratings today and ratings years ago. Yeah.
0: And I mean, it had, it had nothing to do with those kinds of changes or anything like that, but no, I like this. Right. Is And this was directed by Guy Ritchie. Uh, it had a budget of 183 million. It's opening weekend. It made 91 million. So it made about half of it back. It's first weekend. But it, it total was good. Gross. I mean, people liked it. Oh yeah, total gross USA made three hundred and fifty-five million. That's about double, uh, double its budget. And worldwide, it made over a billion. Yeah, Middle East market.
1: I'm going to tell you right now, Disney's going to keep doing this.
0: Oh yeah, because going to keep, keep making, making money
1: bigger. Mm-hmm. Eventually, we are going to be the United States of Disney.
0: If hey, they keep making money, they're going to keep doing it.
1: Maybe, I think bigger than Amazon, or is that going to happen soon? I don't know. We'll move on. Uh, <laughs> What's your number four? My number four is the 2005 House of Wax. Dun, dun, dun. Starring Elijah, Cus- Elijah Cuthbert, Paris Hilton, Jared Padalecki, Chad Michael Murray, Brian Van Holten. I will tell you right now, I understand Paris Hilton does not act a lot. But this was certainly not one of her best performances.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, great the over- in uh, repo and Especially- by great
1: in it, I mean, I love watching her die. Now, honestly, that was honest, that was the part back then that I thought was one of the funniest things is that they killed her off by putting a pole through her head. Mm-hmm. little yeah i mean a little shot at her but you know i mean like she's definitely done better and i'm happy to see her acting career has gone on from there but uh yeah it's definitely some people you didn't see too much after this one but uh very creepy concept not the best version of it though acting is not great the effects are okay but
0: it's hard to duplicate vincent price's magic
1: Yeah, and it also falls into the same issue that most horror movies have for a while now, where it doesn't really develop the characters enough for you to really give a damn, and really just becomes more of the idea of the entertainment of watching how they're slaughtered. Mm -hmm. But, I gotta have this whole list filled with horror movies, but I chose not to. Right, yeah, definitely.
0: (laughs) I just realized that my top two are horror movies, so. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I mean, the the 1953 version of House of Wax is much better rated. I haven't seen it, but uh, I've been adding some of the films, uh, some of the reboots that we did that were good, I've been adding to my watch list, as well as I'll be adding some of these here. My number three or your number three now? Your three. My three. Around the World in 80 Days, the 2004 action-adventure comedy.
0: Another one I didn't see.
1: Um. I mostly saw it because I am a, I'm a Chan. huge fan, huge fan, yes, of Jackie Chan. Mm-hmm. If I ever met the man, I would go full Wayne's World, drop to my knees and be like, I'm not worthy because mm-hmm. I love the man. Not his best film, though. Overall, though, the whole film is just it. It's not well put together. The CGI today just does not hold up. And I mean, even though it has a good cast, I mean, it's got Jackie Chan, Steve Coogan, uh, Cecil D. France. I love Steve I mean, Coogan. It has a half decent cast. It's just something that did not come together well, especially compared to the older version. The uh, 1956, at least, was all right. Definitely did better than this one. But I mean, if you're gonna see a Jackie Chan movie and you really want to enjoy it, especially some of the old ones, I mean, Rush Hour great. He's had some better ones too recently. This is just a miss. Yeah. But I mean, oh, I love him. But I mean, I saw it. I haven't seen it again, and that's a rarity for me in his movies. yeah drunken master rebel in the bronx i have probably seen 50 times
0: (laughs) oh no doubt and i mean rush hour for me i've probably seen that
1: 200 times (laughs) oh i gotta be up there too i mean my favorite line to always quote is damn he ain't gonna be in rush hour (laughs) three yep same here (laughs) oh love how they put the outtakes in there I love Jackie doing his own stunts.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. Now, my uh, my number three is the uh, uh just the just the terrible, terrible, 1998 Godzilla. It's Matthew Broderick, Jean Reno. Uh, I mean, it does have Hank Azaria and Harry Shearer in it, but it's just. It's just too bad that those Simpsons guys were in a movie like this.
1: Now, that was... was my first forte into Godzilla.
0: And yeah. I'm Same sentimental here. to it. Same here. Like, I, I was 10 when it came out. So it was like, it should have been amazing to me, but it was just it was so boring. So dull. for a movie like Godzilla
1: to be that dull and put a 10 year old to sleep, it come on bench of the sith this is this is not a way to measure it (laughs) hey keep your mouth shut about that this is different oh that will forever be never forgotten
0: so this was directed by roland emmerich which i mean he's got some great films under his belt but i mean this had a budget of 130 million made back 44 it's opening million opening weekend uh and it's USA gross was 136. So, I mean, it made its money back in the US. And I mean, obviously, worldwide, it's going to do well because you may put Godzilla in a movie, and the, uh, the Asian market will certainly love it because it made 379 million. So, it just shows how bad it was that it did not get a sequel because of how much money it made. Like it, it more. It almost tripled the amount of money that it made from its budget, and they didn't make a sequel
1: of it. Why they didn't? Though there might be a reason.
0: Because it's awful.
1: But if you make money, you're going to make a sequel. Hotel Transylvania, awful. It's got four sequels yeah. to it.
0: Yeah, but I mean, Adam Sandler movies don't count. He's he's in a special
1: category on his own. I can go further into this. Um, no, we're not going further into this now. That's a deep hole we could dive down.
0: Yeah, we'll, we'll do that another time.
1: We don't have enough time tonight for that. <laughs> I don't uh, know. We could work it in there.
0: <laughs> yeah. So my uh, my number two is... Here we go. The first of my uh, my horror movies here. This is the 2019... Pet Cemetery, And I had such high hopes for this with John Lithgow. Uh, It also has Jason Clark and Amy Simons in it.
1: They haven't gotten a lot of Stephen King movies right, but with the way they got it, I I understand why you have confidence.
0: Well, uh, yeah, to an extent with it, it. The other thing is that I had just read this prior to seeing this as well. My issue with all these Stephen King movies is that I'm, act- I'm actually reading the books, and the movies
1: are just making me mad. Uh, yeah, don't read es- the book before seeing the movie, especially
0: with this one because they change. I mean, big spoiler here. Uh, if you haven't seen the first one, the the family Here's moves mad. to family moves to Maine. Uh, this little house uh, on this usually. Quiet street, quiet road. The only trucks or anything that go along it are going from this uh lumber yard and they go fast down the road, and the the family's kid winds up getting hit by one of the trucks and dies, and they try to bring him back, but they change it in the in the in the remake to the daughter getting killed. And it's like well, Come on, dude. That that's such a big change that did not need to be changed. I think I like they hate do it just when for the movies twist. do that.
1: I think they just do it for the twist idea because everybody knows what's coming. You change it up. The problem is But it happens like midway through split.
0: the movie. It's not even an end. Everybody knows it's yeah. it so that it changes like that bug right the now. hell
1: out of me. Yes, they are ones that are certainly not needed.
0: But I mean, people saw it. It it had a twenty one million dollar budget. Its opening weekend, it made it back. It made twenty four million its opening weekend, fifty four million in the U.S. and hundred and thirteen
1: worldwide. That mostly comes off the back of it. Guarantee yeah.
0: it. Oh, no doubt. Because this came out in between.
1: Yeah, yeah, between the right after its success. Right. But I have a theory A lot of Stephen King stories Take place in Maine Maine is rather A remote place there's not a lot of There's a lot of area that's not You know not a lot of people living there And I think it's because not so much That it's cold or anything like that But Stephen King has scared a lot of people off Of what he's written
0: Yeah that could be
1: awesome. What's that? True. I think that would be awesome if true mm-hmm. <laughs> My mother-in-law will not go near his house. Will not go near the town he lives in.
0: Yeah, <laughs>
1: I have no issues with Maine. No, I want to go see his town. I, he had a sign out front of his house. You know, vote for Susan Collins for yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you know, All right, whoever was running against her. My What's number two? two. Uh I mean, I understand this movie was not meant to be exactly like the other one but it is charlie and the chocolate factory uh it's obviously the new one it's uh, the 2005 version there the one with johnny depp freddie highmore david kelly of course helene and bottom cottage so you already know this movie is directed by uh tim burton just from johnny depp and yeah you like this movie I love this movie. We're going to get some sound effects that go both ways. But when you compare this movie at all to Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, oh my god, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory has its creepy moments, yet is still so much better of a movie. I'm sorry, there are certain things that don't need other movies to come out about. There should never be another Back to the Future movie unless it has attempted a sequel, which I don't know how the hell you're going to do that. And Willy Wonka anything gene wilder really i i mean i know you couldn't remake blazing saddles today but do not remake that movie if anyone ever thinks about those are classics see but go ahead go ahead ahead. no No. go
0: ahead you're you're you're. it's your topic go ahead
1: oh i was gonna give you a chance to defend it man because i mean johnny depp in this movie looks like the dude that you don't want near your kids in the park so what i love johnny depp to death but i feel like that's not what you're trying to capture with the character. I mean, if this is supposed to be a sequel to the original, then what the hell happened no. to that kid? <laughs> so it's not a sequel.
0: It's actually closer to the books than the original movie. The original movie, uh, so the book is Charlie and the Chuck Factory. It's not Willy Wonka in the Chuck Factory. So the movie, the first one was more about Gene Wilder. this is why we don't read the books In that character
1: (laughs) well this is what i gotta do don't get me wrong people like this movie it grossed almost 500 freaking million which obviously beats its budget of 150 million I said
0: i've got it here on blu-ray and and i mean you may be saying hey could i mean that's part of a three-pack anybody could
1: have that if
0: you're if you're wondering but just in case you didn't know i also have it on dvd just yeah. just on its own too so i have two copies of it
1: yeah, the only movie i own duplicates of is signs that yeah, is I have my multiple f- copies of a lot of movies, movie. so it's not that big a deal with this one but still
0: I, <laughs> I i changed like i started to upgrade to blu-ray so i had a lot of dvd that are now blu-ray so combos. Yeah, there.
1: that did suck having had to do that whole switch over especially since it was like what it, within a 10-year period a five-year period where it was like dvd is awesome mm-hmm. Blu-rays, awesomer! Oh, don't Damn, HD Oh, uh, I never went into that. I was like, nope, go on Blu-ray, See, going Blu-ray. See, I, that. I don't need a third collection.
0: One of my laptops was an HD DVD ready laptop, so I bought three hundred on HD DVD.
1: <laughs> really, <laughs> I
0: could only watch it on my laptop.
1: <laughs> what was the other problem? Like Blu-ray, at least became one of those things that ended up on like obviously playstations xboxes right no hd dvd anywhere on anything
0: well there was an hd dvd adapter for the xbox 360
1: then you had to buy an adapter
0: i know i know you already
1: own the system
0: i know (laughs) all right here we go on to your number one what do you got this week
1: this movie really shows you the differences between movie ratings back in like the 80s and movie ratings today. It is Red Dawn, the 2012 version, which I love the cast. The first three people in this movie I absolutely love. Chris Hemsworth, Josh Peck, and Josh Hutchison. Hmm. Also has Adrienne Palicki and Isabel Lucas with Jeffrey Dean Morgan. But it's the problem is, is this movie just, uh, there's so much missing. Have you it seen just, the
0: original of this?
1: I have. Okay. Because here's what happened. I wanted to see this movie because from what I understand, the one of the big things they changed up about this is in the original. It is Russia that suddenly launches an attack on the United States. Yes. Forcing a group of teenagers to escape their occupied town go up into the mountains where they decide to try to fight back oh I see now yeah yes now the newer one changed it up to North Korea mm-hmm. which obviously you know I mean they're trying to keep it up to date so much but also you could really go either way still but the, pro- it was the problem 2012, is, understandable yeah and I mean the movie is not bad itself but I started watching it and I actually stopped hmm. I don't know why it just It didn't really grab me at first. So then I stopped and I'm like, I want to go see if I can find the original. So I started watching that one.
0: Oh, the original.
1: So good. No, and that's the thing. I mean, the original, it's hard to live up to that cast. I mean, you're talking Patrick Swayze, Thomas Howell, Leah Thompson, Charlie Sheen, Jennifer Grey. It was
0: just everybody from the 80s.
1: (laughs) I mean, and then here's where the biggest difference though comes in. Today, PG-13 movie, I think you see a, f- a couple deaths because obviously the town is being invaded and everything. It's a war zone. Stuff's going to happen, but it is very, very mild compared to the original. Movie, oh, yeah. Which within 10 minutes of the movie starting, <laughs> a bunch of Russians start landing out in the field of this friggin' high school. A teacher comes out asking to see if they are just lost paratroopers on a training mission. Bam! And the dude immediately launches the AK against him, and then follows it up by blasting it through the school's windows, where a bunch of high school students are watching everything develop. This movie starts off immediately with blood, and oh yeah, you, you do not see that in today's movies, and it just takes a bit away from that. Because I mean, I'm a huge fan of realism, so I love the fact that they had all this in there. What you they make you try to feel hopeless, like stuff like that makes you care more about the characters because you see that they are in legitimate danger. Like mm-hmm. it, if you just see like the small little, Oh, well, this guy gets shot because, you know, he tried running, but you know, everybody else is basically just herded together. You know, it's, it's a lot less of like a scary thing. Cause you're thinking more like, Oh, well they're just run us now. And we're just their citizens versus well, they're rounding us up and anyone that fights back's going down. It's so anyway, they all go up, they fight in the Hills. And of course it goes down and I mean, it, uh, so he just doesn't make it. I mean, the original half of them, no, I think two of them survive out of the seven that go up into the mountains. And it it's certainly no honorable, honorable. I mean, it, they eventually are honored in the end, but I mean, their deaths are not, you know, most of them are not that whole I'm doing this to save you. I'm sacrificing myself kind of situation. Right. It captures the realism but i mean both are worth the watch but the 1984 version probably would easily be rated r today is definitely the one to watch out of the two
0: see that that's my issue with a lot of these movies is that i uh, with that one in particular i love the original so much i know this one is just going to disappoint me that i haven't seen it same with yeah. dead point break so that's yeah, on that? me. I need to get over that. Just go ahead and see him. Just go ahead and watch him.
1: Same way, like I was timid to watch the new Mortal Kombat just because I absolutely love the original Annihilation. Right. Eh, not so much, but the original Mortal no. Kombat is just so much fun. All but
0: right. That's
1: just one of those movies.
0: Well, on to my number one this week, and this is pretty much universally panned as one of the worst movies, like almost ever. It, just, it had no point to being made. This is a 1998 shot-for-shot shot remake of Psycho.
1: <laughs> yeah. Now, if there's ever a movie where, like, over the amount of time, you need to change up some stuff in it, that's one of them. Because I'm going to tell yes. you, the, the scariest part of that movie back then was the fact that
0: you didn't I mean, know. If you, I mean, if you don't know Psycho, I mean, this is from the 50s. So, if, I mean... So, or 60s for psycho but obviously the big twist is that uh, Norman Bates is uh, his mother's been dead and he's his mother and all this stuff and um, but to know that that's coming it takes everything away and they don't Gus van Zant is not Alfred Hitchcock no. I love Gus van Zant he's done some great films. But Alfred Hitchcock just obviously is the master of suspense and and horror really from that time. But if the, you can call it horror, it, it was suspense.
1: But thing, though that this film did that made it there's a reason this film, if you watch it today, is not as scary as it seems. And that's because it was the first film to kill a woman on camera, which yeah. made which made you feel that no one was safe anymore right you don't have that today
0: and she was the star it was vivian lee uh obviously billed as the big star of the movie and she's dead in the first 20 minutes
1: they liam neeson
0: her like battleship (laughs) but this one i mean it has it has a great cast it should have been good but what they tried to do with it was just so wrong i mean it's vince vaughn as norman bates you got anne hache julianne moore vigo mortensen is freaking in it william h macy
1: Uh, i know it's the theme here a lot of these movies have good casts yeah something just going wrong or maybe some of these movies just shouldn't have been remade they
0: they, it's almost like these actors have it in their heads that like oh i get to be a part of something like this yeah i want to be like i i love that movie i i definitely want to do it um But the interesting thing about this is that this is the first of the films that I've picked that actually lost money. (laughs) Everything else made money, made a lot of money, actually. But this one, this one had a budget of 60 million, made 10 million its opening weekend, 21 gross in the US, 37 worldwide. Ugh, barely made back half.
1: I oh, I mean the markets were much smaller back then, but I mean right, oh, but still that was that's a bomb. That's a flop.
0: This came out in December of ninety-eight and in May of ninety eight, Godzilla took in made thirty three hundred and seventy-nine million. So I mean
1: it's your summer release. It I made, made ten, less... I know,
0: but it did made ten times more. So I mean it's not a matter of
1: it is a bit ridiculous. I mean, depending on... I guess I mean, around Christmas time is pretty much oh, really so, the only time I mean, in winter that's busy Psycho for movies. It should
0: have come out in October.
1: Yes, that's another big miss. There's been a few horror movies to do that as well. Like, why did... Obviously, people want to see it that time of year. Don't put it out in
0: May. <laughs> like, ooh, horror movie going into the summer.
1: Yeah. yeah no. the horror horror movies do best from August, September, October, yeah, and then after that, everybody wants happy holiday Christmas crap,
0: right? They scare the hell out of us for three months and then make us happy.
1: Before that, it's loaded with action movies and mm-hmm. epic dramas, and then before you know that, but pretty much between January and April, it's just all crap. It's all the movies they just throw out there that don't think they're gonna make it and hope with nothing else out there, they'll at least make budget back <laughs> there are a lot
0: of oscar oscar dumps in this time of time of year
1: yeah but that's also because they know it's basically a you know award panning movie like we just want award money and we know by putting it out there and claiming it's probably going to win a lot of awards it will get its money back right all right
0: well so those are those are our top five i'll go ahead and give you a. Uh you a recap of what I had. It was Bewitched at number five, Aladdin at number four. I had Godzilla at number three, Pet Cemetery at number two, and the number one worst movie remake reboot of all time, in my opinion, Psycho from
1: 1998. <laughs> uh, well, I, of course, had the remake of Lion King, House of Wax, Around the World in 80 Days. I love you, Jackie Chan sorry to have that on there charlie in the chocolate factory once again i'm sorry johnny Depp. i love you sorry for everything you're going through but that's just not hit it for me and red dawn number one
0: all right so let us know what uh what you think what uh what you think should be on this list and what uh, what we should see that that we didn't mention and, and yeah. what are
1: we what are we going to do next sir Next, let's go ahead and roll the dice. What do we what do we got on there? You want to what are we going to replace that one with? Let's see. I got best toys of the 90s, best yep. Disney villains, best Netflix shows.
0: Let's do uh, Netflix shows.
1: All right, we'll add that one to
0: the list. Okay, so let's roll oh, them die. Do you have the
1: list written down? Mm, oh no. what else is on the list <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right
1: so there's
0: here write cool. this down
1: okay there's
0: best summer foods <laughs> yep um best pokemon
1: top five pokemon i think we gotta save that one for richie and uh Paul well, who knows? Happens, he may
0: but be able to do it.
1: <laughs> um what did we just say? Uh best Netflix shows. Yeah.
0: So that's three.
1: Uh best toys of the 90s.
0: Okay, that's four.
1: Do we have anything else in there? Because I got Disney villains. And then uh, we need one more. Oh, t-
0: Tarantino characters. <laughs> All right. And let's do um, Simpsons episodes.
1: Huh? Yeah. I like it. Roll the die, sir. Rolling the die. Actually, I wrote down Netflix, so Netflix. Roll. This is why you got to use rail dice, man. Stop. Three. Best Netflix shows.
0: Okay, there we go. So next week we'll be doing best Netflix shows. Top five. This one, I've done this one's going to be a bit easier for me. Definitely a lot more that I've seen that I'll be able to choose from. Now, are we including shows that were brought back by netflix like arrested development i don't yeah, think so I, no,
1: no i i mean if they've only done like a season of it i would i would lean towards no but if like Arrested development they've done like half the show at this point right
0: no because they had three seasons on the Netflix. No,
1: just add it we'll just add them in Maybe all on right pick I don't think a lot of them will end up on our list, anyway.
0: Well, that might wind up on mine.
1: Yeah, I, I just figured out a lot of them. I already a lot of my shows. I don't think you'll agree with, but I love them.
0: See Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt that may be on there. All right, well, this is going to be fun. I'm All right. I'm- All right. So everyone, be sure to like and subscribe, follow us wherever you uh, get your podcasts. We appreciate it. Uh, and I'm going to be going to going to stream again. Uh, sometime this week on twitch go ahead and follow me at i am groovy dude and yeah anything else to, to say before we go
1: if i start streaming i will let you guys know if i ever release my dnd game i will let you guys know but until then peace
0: sounds great well thank you everybody we appreciate you for listening and we will see you again next week